So Luke 21, uh, we left off in verse 4, so uh, we'll pick up in verse 5 tonight. And uh, the goal is to get through the end of the chapter, um, as long as I can stay focused and everything. But uh, the, we're going to cover what's known as the Olivet Discourse, which means teaching on Mount on the Mount of Olives. Bless you. So uh, just a little bit of recap of, of where we're at. Jesus in his final days before the crucifixion. And uh, he's now at this point teaching daily in the temple. Um, you know, there were times where he was teaching out you know, as he's walking and ministering to different towns and cities and those things. Now he's, he's right in the heart of everything. He's in the temple um, ministering. And, and, uh, and then in the evenings, he would go back to the Mount of Olives. So he's there. And um, many are coming to hear him every day. And as we've read, tensions are rising with the, uh, with the religious leaders and, and the scribes and uh, Jesus has been dismantling uh, several attempts from them uh, to uh, to to trap Jesus, and it would have been sometimes. You know, we've seen it was the scribes, and then it was the Pharisees, and then the Sadducees, and and uh, in in different orders or or whatever. But they're trying to catch him in something that the crowd would turn on him, or that they could catch him and turn him into the authorities, so that they could ultimately take his life. And remember, as we were studying last week, Jesus kind of calls them out. So basically, he's telling them, "I know exactly what you're doing." Uh, in in the parable of the wicked vine dressers, and and uh, you you've killed the prophets and prosecuted the prophets, your fathers did, and and I know what you're doing, and you're trying to kill the son. And uh, you know, the, it, it wasn't a surprise. So uh, what I loved and what we've seen here is is when they've come with the best of whatever. Uh, Thing they had to put a stumbling block in front of Jesus or whatever, they'd always leave embarrassed. They'd always leave just dumbfounded and and, and uh, not willing to really speak anymore. They were speechless. You know, the Lord would leave them there. So, uh, as he uh, ends chapter twenty, he issued a warning against the scribes, and I encourage you to go uh, go look at that. You know, and he's he's talking about. You know their hearts, the scribes' hearts. Now, scribes were the ones that were transposing, just you know, making handwritten copies of the scripture. So, uh, and Jesus is saying they love to be recognized, and and we learn that about the Pharisees also that they love to be seen in public, and and that was their main focus. So Jesus calls them out, and uh, but he also says that they deserve uh, de- devoured widows' houses, and talked about the differences of. Uh, you know, devouring a, a, a widow's house and, and taking advantage of a widow versus what we see in, in, in James chapter one, where, you know, pure undefiled religion before God is to care for widows and orphans in their troubles. So we, we talked about that, that, that widows uh, hold a special place in God's heart. And how many times, and then we go right into, uh, you know, there's the the giving. And as I'm doing the summary here, we go right into when uh, everybody's giving and, you know, the, the much is being made of, of those that are giving much. And, and who is it there that Jesus points out is giving everything? It's the widow who's given her life. You know, what we, you know, it just says from Jesus said that, uh, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. She had two copper coins, so she throws them in. And, you know, uh, by, by the weight of, of the gift on her heart, she gave more than everybody else. You know, so, so the Lord, the Lord is, is so blessed by those that, that society would look at and say they don't have anything to offer. You know, it's always sad to see that, that uh, there, 
people may, uh, and you may have heard people just kind of describing that when, when someone gets to a certain age, they're no longer really contributing to society and everything. If you sit down and talk with somebody who's walked on this earth, that's in, you know, as with anybody, but it, you know, faculties about them and everything, the wisdom, the wisdom, you know, just to be able to, oh, you know, this person's 85 years old or whatever, sit down and listen, what, what's your life like? What have you learned over, life? you know, you know, and you know, what, what did you learn in your marriage or, you know, as a parent and stuff, there's so much to gain there. And, you know, when the Lord is talking about this widow, uh, you know, what, what, and we talked about what was her life like, and I gave you my scenario, what I think her life was, I think it was full because she loved the Lord and, and whatever she had, you know, they, they honored and honored the Lord and they blessed other people. That's what I think based on what I see by her actions. So, um, so that's what we, that's what we ended off with. So as we move into verse, um, verse five, uh, it's important to understand uh, that Jesus teaching, um, with the Olivet discord is, uh, is in reference to Israel and, and, and not the church. We can, we can glean from these things as a church because you're going to see some, some things that are very powerful, but the Olivet Discourse is, is for Israel. So um, we're going to see some things here, uh, some signs uh, and some things that are mentioned that are, are pre-rapture and then there's rapture and then what's left over that's going to happen in the tribulation. And then there's a final warning. I think when we get to um, uh, verse 28, uh, where it says, when you see these things, you know, are, are, that are coming, you know, look up because your redemption is near. Um, so uh, just to understand now, also with, with biblical prophecy, end time prophecy, it's important to understand that there are, are, are two distinct end time scenarios happening in the scriptures that we need to see. Uh, and these things are happening simultaneously. Uh, they, they have to be understood and separated accurately or things get confusing in biblical prophecy. So having an understanding of it. Now, um, I'll tell you right now, I'm not the, the, the world's biggest um, uh, Bible scholar. So, so some of these things as you're digging in and everything, and I encourage you, read these things, pray, dive into commentaries and, 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 and learn and, and grow because there's, there's a, a weird, um, there's a weird stigma to prophecy, uh, specifically um, when anybody ever says the book of Revelation, you know, and there's the 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 fear of Revelation and, and and what it says and what it means and all those things. The book is called Revelation. It's the revealing, you know, it's it's yes, there are some things that are, are very heavy, some things that are very hard to read. But, uh, you know, as you as you grow in your understanding and um, and as we're here and as Will has taught us or if you have a another pastor that you like to listen to or, um, you know, a specific commentaries, a study Bible that you like and everything, get a notepad out and start writing down and, and learning and 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 learn more about these things. Uh, just just so we can have a proper understanding. So so there's uh, there are, there are two distinct scenarios. One is the church. Uh, and uh, the other is Israel. So we talked about, I think it was uh, you know a week, week and a half ago, we talked about how God is not done with Israel. Uh, Israel's rejection um, isn't total and it isn't final. Uh, and that at some point, uh, they are going to be regrafted in. Right now, we've been grafted into the vine. But at some point, Israel will be regrafted in. But what we see here is 
very hard to read. It's hard to think that Israel would go through these things. Um, uh, but understanding the, uh, the, the end times and uh, the tribulation, trip, the word tribulation, and then you look at the great tribulation. So if the Bible is calling something great tribulation, uh, it's great. You know, because you know, you can go go back and you look at some of the plagues that the Lord used to uh, to to correct and 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 to steer Egypt. Oh my goodness, you know, and and just different things that you know the Philistines when they when they took away the Ark of the Covenant, what they had to go through. There's just some pretty intense things. So when the Lord's wrath is poured out, things get crazy. I mean, unbelievably crazy and fast. The blessing is to understand when we when we're considering the church, the rapture of the church means we are, are removed from this earth because God doesn't pour out His wrath on His children. God punishes the wicked; He doesn't punish His children um, in His wrath. So the rapture. So when we're considering the church uh, as one of the uh, scenarios. You would you would think of uh, some some of the things that uh, to consider with the church or the rapture, uh, and that's before the tribulation, before the seven year uh, uh, tribulation, um, and uh, you know, like I said, God's people aren't subject to His His wrath. So something that First Corinthians four uh, verses uh, sixteen and seventeen for the rapture. First Thessalonians five nine, God didn't appoint us to wrath, uh, so that it's right there. You can look at biblical examples of the lives and uh, of of Lot and Noah, and there there are more in the scripture. Lot and Noah kind of came to mind quickly for me, uh, but they were removed uh, and and taken out of God's punishment and God's wrath. So when it when we look at those that that love God and are following God, uh, we're not going to experience the wrath. So. Uh, as we read through and when we get to the end, yes, we are very much because uh, some some will um, uh, some will uh, step in and say, wait a minute. The, some of the Christian church is just in, basically it denying or rejecting um, mid-trib or post-trib, uh, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation uh, rapture uh, just, just to make themselves feel good or whatever. No, when you tie it to the scripture. And yes, I very much want to escape everything that's written in Revelation 6 through 19. That's awful stuff I don't want anything to do with. Nothing. When you're talking about seals being opened and trumpets and bowls of wrath being poured out, nope, I don't want any part of any of that. You know, I, I'm blessed to know that we are, we are with the Lord during those times. So when you're considering the two things that I'm talking about, one is the church. So we have the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb, um, heaven, Jesus' return uh, in his second coming. Uh, the scripture says that we will rule, rule and reign. You know, the Lord will give us um, uh, places of, of authority during his millennial uh, reign and uh, new heaven, new earth. Those are the things that we can we can focus on as Christians. Now, when you look at Israel, what we see is happening here and what Jesus is explaining is um, the Jews, as we know, God's not done with them, but they've rejected Jesus. And when they reject Jesus, they're now open to deception. And they're open to the deception of the Antichrist. And um, uh, the Antichrist is eventually going to allow them to rebuild the temple. And uh, uh, when the abomination of desolation, so you can go and uh, read in Daniel chapter 9. Uh, and uh, I think it's verse 27 where you can, you're going to find uh, more about, about the abomination of desolation. But um, is, uh, everything gets bad uh, after the, um, 
the temple is rebuilt, and then the Antichrist walks into the temple and goes to the Holy of Holies, sits on the throne, and then reveals who he is and, and, and demands to be worshipped as God. So as we're reading these things, these are these are things to consider. You know, he's exalting himself. Um, uh, Daniel, uh, I think I, I had the, um, I thought I had the verse here, but he exalts himself uh, above all that's called God and or that is worship, so that he sits as God uh, in the temple, showing himself that he is God. That's when things get crazy, three and a half years, and that's when um, that, that's halfway through. Uh, so the, the, the first three and a half years of, of the tribulation are peaceful, and things, things, things seem good. You know, uh, the temple's being rebuilt. All these things are seem like they're falling into line, uh, but they're, they're falling into line for, for, for wrath and for bad, uh, bad reasons. So the last three and a half years are unspeakable tribulation throughout the earth. So um, at the point when uh, the Antichrist uh, demands to be worshipped, uh, that's when Israel's spiritual eyes are opened. And uh, now they have to run. They have to escape, get out of there as fast as they can. And, and the wrath and chaos that's coming, like I said, Revelation 6, verse 19. And we'll look uh, into those a little bit as we go through this. But um, it, what we can see as we read through is some are going to come to faith. And, and it, there's going to be great tribulation, and their faith will be greatly tested um, before Jesus returns. But uh, believing survivors um, you know, will move into the kingdom age. So as we move into our study tonight, verse 5, that was quite the setting, but just so we, that we know, verse 5 says, uh, so after the Lord spoke of uh, the widows, uh, two mites and everything, uh, we're back to a, a familiar scenario and a, a familiar uh, thing that, that happened back from uh, chapter 19. It says, then as some spoke in the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. He said, these things which you see, the days are coming, uh, days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So, uh, as I said, this is the beginning of what is known as the Olivet Discourse and uh, just the teaching on the Mount of Olives. So uh, Luke's version uh, that we're going to, to move into is much abbreviated in comparison to Matthew's version. Matthew's version is uh, two chapters, Matthew 24 and 25. It's also, um, it's also recorded in Mark chapter 13. So, uh, so there's if if you want some more uh, insight on this, so Luke Luke uh, kept this very concise. If you really want to expand on it, go and look at Matthew's account. There's two two chapters to study, so there's a lot there. Um, so the message starts getting very heaven heavy here uh, when you look in speaking of what is coming. So it's setting the stage for the future of Jerusalem and Israel. Um, so uh, uh, I've been uh, we we are blessed to have a lot available to us. So when I said grab a commentary, um, go grab something from uh, you know go, get on a Blue Letter Bible or um, you know go buy a, a, a printed um, commentary. Get into uh, Matthew Henry's um, uh, commentary. Uh, you can some of these things are, are are totally free to you on blueletterbible.com. You can get the app, put it on your phone, and scroll through and and read these things. But Matthew Henry, Chuck Smith, David Guzik, J. Vernon McGee. You ever heard him, the Bible bus guy? He's got the old, uh, the, it's like he's speaking the old radio, um, whatever. When you listen to him, it makes me think of Paul Harvey. 
You know, if you remember the voice of Paul Harvey, J. Bernie McGee really reminds me of Paul. I used to love it. Paul Harvey. Good day. You guys remember him, right? And, uh, it, it, you know, you'll see others on there. Warren Wearsby is a guy that I really enjoy. Uh, so so there's, a, there's a lot available to us there. So, um, so Jesus here, uh, familiar, uh, we've talked about it. And Jesus is, um, th- this is another time that Jesus is explaining that there's desolation coming. There, there is utter, utter um, uh, destruction uh, coming here. And uh, he's, he's making sure that they understand. And it's, uh, you, you know, remember the heartbreak Jesus had when he was speaking and it, where it says that he wept. And, and that word that was used means sobbing convulsively over what was going to happen to Israel. It was bad. It's, and it's going to be bad. You know, and, and Jesus weeping. And, and uh, if you go into, um, I think it's Matthew 24, where, you know, Jesus is is crying out, you know, Israel, I wish I could just bring you into here, you know, put you under my wings. And, and uh, but they, they wouldn't, they would, they were just rejecting him. So we see what ends up happening here as, as we read through. So he knew and understood the horrific uh, events that were coming. And um, as you, as you go and, and, and did a, do any study, uh, of what happened in 70 AD, uh, it was uh, it was a um, it was a long battle uh, between Israel and Rome uh, that stretched over several years until finally and 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 Titus did we talked about it did not want to destroy the temple but it, it got destroyed somehow somebody you know threw a torch in or a lantern or whatever it is and, and burnt the temple but uh, didn't didn't want to devastate that and and it ended up happening. And, uh, but the, the time, uh, of, of the battle over the time of the battle, it said that there were over 1 million Jews that were killed. Uh, and, uh, I, I read one, uh, one thing that said 97,000 were taken into captivity, you know, and that was a, that was a, a type of the end of, end of, uh, end times. What we're going to read here also of, of the, the devastation that's going to happen, that's going to start in Israel and spread throughout. Uh, so, so, you know, the Lord is, is, uh, is explaining these things to them and, um, ensuring that everybody is, is well aware of what was coming. So there's an even, even greater destruction for Israel and for the world coming as we, as we get into this. And so, um, verse, uh, verse seven. So, uh, the Lord had kind of laid down, uh, again, what was going to happen. So verse seven, it says, uh, so they asked him, asked Jesus, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when things are about when these things are about to take place? And remember, this all of that discourse is to Israel. It's about Israel. There are things that uh, are, are a little bit overlapping uh, with the church before uh, the rapture and everything, but we'll get into those. When will these things be and what sign? Will there be when these things are about to take place? So uh, Luke's gospel focuses on Jesus' response to these questions and the events that will immediately precede uh, Jesus' second coming and the end of the age uh, leading to the millennial reign of Jesus. So uh, this this question's in a, a, a very good question. Um, and uh, it, it's it's still a popular question. It's still a popular topic of, of end of the age and, and end times prophecy. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people with some very weird uh, takes on on prophecy and end times things. 
keep to the scripture, keep to people that we know and understand because people can be led astray. And as we see here, you know, the false Christ is going to, are going to be mentioned here. Uh, there, there are, are people that, that will, that, and, and false Christs and, uh, who literally will say, I am Jesus Christ. No, you're not. You live in New Mexico or whatever. You're not Jesus. You know, that doesn't line up with the scripture at all. Yeah. But unfortunately they get people to follow them. But you know, the, we have the word and we, we can dive into these things and know these things. So verse 8 is his response. And he said, take heed that you do not be, be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. So. Uh, these pertain to the you know, condition, uh, verses 8 and 9 pertain to the condition of the world prior to the rapture of the church. So birth pangs, um, um, uh, labor uh, contractions, you know, those types, you can, you can compare the two. If, if Matthew actually calls it birth pangs, but the, the labor contractions, these are things that will tell you that something bigger is happening. Um, now, now, ladies, you have, anybody who's a mother here has, has you know, okay, so there's real real contractions, and then the the Braxton Hicks contractions. That right? So I'm getting some some. Uh, so those. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our first da first daughter. There, uh, first daughter. There's the uh, oh, there's there's a tightening here, and you know you run to the doctor, and you know they're having a baby. I don't know. Then we learned what a Braxton Hicks was, and you know there can be some things that might alarm you that aren't necessarily those. Jesus is getting right too. These are the birth pangs. These are the things that, as you see these things happen, he said, take heed that you not be deceived. He says that for a reason, because we can be deceived. Now, this is, this is still, this is prior to rapture. This still applies um, uh, to, to the church. And, uh, you know, the first thing recorded here by Luke when they ask this question um, is take heed that you not be deceived. It, <clears throat> deceived, and, and, and Christ goes into uh, that false Christs are coming, and uh, they rejected the true Christ. So they're, they're more susceptible to accepting. Now, Israel is more susceptible to accepting a false Christ, the one that's going to let them hear. Remember, we talked about the itching ears, right? That message that, oh, this sounds great. Are you going to help us? You're going to give us... You know what we need? We can rebuild the temple. This is great. You know, you start hearing these things. False Christs. It's because you know, when we see here, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't say it uh, for for no reason. He's saying it because that's it's going to happen. So it says, for many will come in my name. Many will many will come. It wasn't like, hey, you're going to have one or two guys. Many will come and say that I am He, and uh, the time is drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Verse 9, but when you hear of the wars and the commotions, do not be uh, terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but then, uh, but the end will not come immediately. So false Christs are coming. Uh, they've already rejected uh, back then uh, the true Christ. So uh, any false Christ is going to pretend to be a deliverer to Israel. And they're going to be able, they're going to give them the message they want to hear. They're uh, desperate for hope. And, uh, and and able to fall uh, prey to false teachers. So there's that take heed. Uh, try to draw many away. And uh, hey, the time is near. What does Jesus say? Do not go after them. Jesus's second coming is going to be unmistakable. Unmistakable. If you skip down, we're going to spoil the story here. If you skip down to verse 27, it says, 
Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and glory. Nobody else has ever done that. Literally coming uh, in a cloud with great power and glory. So when someone shows up to Burger King, or you know they show up here or there or whatever, you know they've got you know whatever's going on. But you know when we hear of of, of, of these end time, the deceptions that can come, the deceptions are crazy. You know they can work signs and wonders, and ooh, everybody everybody can see that's the work of Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist to trick, to deceive, to pull people away from God in the end time. So it's important uh, to understand Jesus is saying, don't go after anyone. The, uh, the Messiah has already come. Israel rejected him, and he will return. But any person that says that they're Jesus, Jesus is well, the second time he's coming. It's in great power on the clouds and in glory. So uh, he's saying, don't have anything to do with them. It's going to be unmistakable when he comes back. This spiritual deception is the greatest deception out there. There's a lot of deception in this world. But the spiritual deception is the most scary because it leads to eternity in hell. You don't, we don't ever want to be caught in there. So as we consider these things before it gets into verse 10 where he's addressing Israel and not the church, it's important to understand that, that for us to understand these are the birth pangs. These are the things that the church needs to be aware of. So uh, those you know, contractions, those birthdays, it's an indicator of something greater that's coming. So um, what he says is, is before the second coming, before the, sorry, before the start of the tribulation, these are things uh, to take heed of. There are going to be false Christs that come. And uh, there are going to be wars and, and rumors of war. So, so understand those things. So now uh, Jesus is moving into describing the great tribulation after the rapture of the church, starting in verse 10. Then he said to them, so that then uh, is indicating that there's, there's a shift here, said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence pestilences and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. So he describes wars and commotions, not the end yet, but it's the beginning of the, of the, uh, the great tribulation. There's going to be several military conflicts. If you think of even, excuse me, what has happened recently, the world wars that have happened, just the great chaos, the great loss, you know, earthquakes, famines. Uh, it, it's, uh, with war comes famine and pestilence. You know, if, if you think, because, you know, if you look at uh, you look at Ukraine right now and they're battling for everything they've got to, to hold uh, hold Russia back, then with that comes great need, you know, because, you know, it's not like you know, everybody's just, you know, going to, going to work at the coffee shop and everything. They're buckling down and they're trying to save their country. So with that can, can come, uh, you know, because wicked man will stop food and, and supplies from coming in so that famine and disease can grow in those things. You know, uh, when, you, when you start looking and you, and you hear, so as we're, we're looking at these things, you start looking at Revelation. Revelation 6 through 19, we start getting a, a greater look at what is being talked about here. Nations rising against nation. Um, Revelation 6 verses 3 and 4. I'm uh, sorry. Um, yeah, verses 3 and 4, I'm going to read them to you. It says, when he opened the second seal, when Jesus opened the second seal, I heard, this is John witnessing uh, in heaven what's happening as Jesus opens um, the seal of the scroll. As, as he opened the second seal, 
I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Another red horse, fiery red, went out. And it went and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. I don't want any part of that. Peace taken from the earth. And it's just total chaos. Kingdoms rising against uh, kingdoms and nations against nations. It's total chaos. It's going to be bad. You can, you can read all the way through. Um, like I said, Re I, I know I've said it several times. So it's important for us to understand. Revelation 6 through 19. Uh, when you get to, to Revelation 8, and uh, you'll see vegetation is struck. The seas are struck. The waters are struck. Heaven is struck. The heavens, meaning the skies, are struck. You know, those are those are all fearful and, and, and awful things that that as the church, we don't have to go through. But for those that that have, have not accepted the Lord and weren't taken away, it is going to be great tribulation on the earth. It's going to be bad. You know, those things are, are going to be bad. And so when we're seeing those things uh, listed here in 10 and 11, that's what's being described. And verse 12 says, but before all those things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion of testimony for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what, will, uh, what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and a wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or, uh, to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put up they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will be lost. By your patience possess your souls. So physical persecution uh, to those in the great uh, tribulation. Antichrist will allow Israel to, to like I said, uh, rebuild uh, for the first three and a half years. There's peace, and then after that, the, the craziness begins. Um, that's uh, you know the temple's complete, and that's when he's going to enter in uh, into the holy holy of holies and demand to be worshipped as God. Uh, they're going to lay hold of of anybody that's uh, that's proclaiming that that then comes to uh, because the gospel is going to be be uh, open. The, their eyes are going to be open to the gospel again, and there are going to be converts and and believers and. And uh, they're going to lay hands and brought to synagogues and before rulers for his name's sake, it says, you know, and, and that's an opportunity uh, for testimony. It says the opportunity to be able to speak. What we see, though, is it, it may cost lives. Uh, and, and what Jesus says is don't worry about uh, about about what you will say. Christ will uh, you know, provide the answer uh, for those that are new believers in the tri in tribulation. Uh, if you look at something uh, similar, if you want to uh, see uh, for believers in Luke 12, uh, verses 11 and 12, it says, Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates, authorities, do not worry about how or uh, or what you should answer, or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you that very hour what you ought to say. So that was in Luke 12. That was to the church. That was to to, that was Jesus ministering to those who were going to listen to him then. So it's the same thing that they're going to have available to them after, you know, during the tribulation. 
Um, but it, what's really neat is Jesus says, I will give you those things here in, in uh, Luke 21. Uh, and it's the Holy Spirit. So there's a, 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 a glimpse into the Trinity. Uh, so it's, it's awesome to, to look at both of those and see how they tie together. Uh, and Jesus said in verse 15, I will give you a mouth of wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. So uh, we can look back in, at the examples of the times, uh, that even that we recently studied, and, um, and have the uh, exact message of, of every circumstance where, where Jesus uh, was able to provide uh, the answers that were needed. And, and you go through, and he always had the right answer. And uh, God's never stumped by, uh, by what's thrown in front of him. You know, Jesus wasn't stumped. Oh, you know, I never thought of it. He he sniffed out those those things that were that were there. And then when you look at uh, Stephen that we just studied, uh, I think on Sunday night, um, Sunday morning or Sunday night, uh, Stephen it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. God gave him uh, the the answers uh, that he needed, and uh, he's not God isn't limited by man's powers. So important to understand. Now, looking at um, verses sixteen through nineteen, you know the persecution and death of the Jews is. Um, uh, pretty pretty powerful and and the the beasts rise to power and the antichrist will will persecute anyone who refuses to follow him and um he who endures to the end as we you read through the end times tribulation um will be saved uh from the beast and and and, and delivered and and you know when jesus comes and and um but uh, uh, you know the gospel will spread during the the tribulation, and uh, there'll be some that hear and understand uh, their desperate state, and will place their faith in Christ. And uh, will you know there's the um, the mark of the beast, where they're not going to be able to buy or sell those things. You know, for those that don't that don't accept it and 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 don't give into that, they're going to lose their lives. You know, and, and what it says here is, you know, you know, death may come at the betrayal of friends and family and trusted lo and, and loved ones. This is this is the most devastating tribulation uh, that will drive people to desperate desperate measures. They're gonna they're just uh, betraying each other and uh, be hated for my name's sake. Jesus said, you know that that remnant uh, that that goes through the tribulation, uh, much like the uh, the first uh, first. A century Christians be hated for his name's sake and you know the warning you know, but basically what they're seeing here is they may die but uh, you know, place their unwavering faith and, and trust in him uh, for the security of their soul so where it says you know, uh, your patience possess your souls uh, you know tribulation of the saints that endured are, are uh, to the end will be saved so if you look at uh, Matthew uh, 25, 13, it says that those that endure to the end, they will be saved. So those tribulation saints that, that come to faith during the tribulation. Verse 20 says, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. 
So uh, Jerusalem surround. This is uh, the the type of of the invasion of um, Rome's invasion in seventy A.D. was very much a type of a a, a four. Um, I don't want to say a foretelling a uh, a foresight of what was going to happen on a larger scale in Israel and all around the world. That when things go really bad, got to get out of there. When it gets into the nursing mothers and the pregnant, it's because they can't run fast enough. They can't run fast enough is what it says here. You're going to be uh, uh, great distress on the land and wrath uh, upon this people. And uh, they will fall by the edge of the sword, it says, and be led away captive in all nations. It's a sad, uh, sad things. And in Judea, it's, it's head for the mountains, flee for the mountains. It's get out of here. Um, it's uh, Jerusalem be trampled uh, by the Gentiles. That's the abomination of desolation that we were talking about in, in Daniel chapter 9. When he is revealed, get out of this area. Get out of here. There was peace for three and a half years after the rapture of the church. When this happens, everybody's got It's just get away from here. You don't want to fall into the hands um, of the Antichrist. You don't want to be around uh, uh, to see uh, all these things happen. So it's it's flee. It's get out of here is, is what's happening. Verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, and the earth, uh, di- and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and, and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them uh, from fear, and the expectation of those uh, which are coming on the earth, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud, in a cloud with great power and glory. Now, so we're going to stop there at 27. So uh, even further, true and unimaginable uh, tribulation. Uh, if you look at uh, Revelation 9, 6, says that men will seek death and not find it. The worst of the worst. It's important for us to, as we're explaining, this is end time stuff. Uh, end times uh, tribulation stuff is where we get the weird, weird looks from people. Ah, here we go, right? This is where the mockeries happen. And when we can take them to the scripture and say, I don't want this for you or anybody else. And say, you don't want to go through this. Some people will, you know, you know, we'll, we'll be able to hunker down. We'll get it's seven years. You know, I've got my, I've got my survival kit. I can live under my bunker. Absolutely not. Great tribulation all around. It's going to be crazy. Nothing. I just, just think of if you, if you read through the book of Revelation and you see what's, what's, what's coming and what can happen. Nobody should look at that and go, yeah, yeah, I can make it through that. No. <laughs> No, don't want to witness those things. I've actually heard people say, well, I'm not really repenting because I want to go through it. Because Who's going to witness to people through it? What are you talking about? (laughs) That's such a prideful statement and a stupid statement. Try to hold that back a little bit. Sometimes we do need to say that's stupid, you know. But actually have heard, um, I don't know if I've heard it or I've heard people say, that they've had discussions with people saying, yeah, you know, we're, it's okay. I can stay here. Uh, really? No, no. You're going to be hiding under a dumpster is what you're going to be doing. You know, it's really what's going to end up happening. Nobody wants to be around for those things. You know, what's being described here, signs in the sun and um, the moon, the stars, distress of nations. Like we talked about when peace is removed. Remember six, uh, Revelation six, three and four, when peace is removed, uh, when, when, 
any piece that's here holding these things together, uh, that's that's when things are awful, and 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 it's going to be. It's going to be crazy. Distress of nations. Um, things are going to be very uh, perplexed, very hard. You know, the sea and the waves greatly affected. Just, just think of that. You know, when you think of sea and waves greatly affected, that's utter destruction in and of itself. Days of vengeance. Uh, that all things written may be fulfilled. It says that all things written may be fulfilled. That's that's the important thing. Uh, to understand that all things written may be fulfilled. All these things that are said, there isn't a way around this. Like Jesus is laying this out. Like this is going to happen. There's no way like for us to get together. You know, it, it reminds me of, of uh, you know, trying to stop the, the hole in the ozone layer. I'm not a scientist, not going to, not even going to get into that. But there are some things there and you're like, Okay, so if you get you get I don't know how it's even even just America driving uh, electric cars and everything. I've been to Europe and you've got coal pouring out of these trucks as they're rolling and you know all these things. You you're not going to change those things. Even more so when Jesus says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. There isn't a way to stop these things. So this is coming. This this we can speak with uh, with these things of absolute surety and say. Hey, the warnings that are written here, or in Matthew 24, 25, you don't want any part of these, and we can we can share these things and say, if nothing else, if if you're saying you think okay, you're righteous enough and everything, and I can we can disagree, uh, agree to disagree on that, where where you think your righteousness is going to save you or whatever, um, without your faith in Jesus, this is what you have to look forward to. This is frightening. These things are nothing I want anything to do with. God's word's the ultimate authority over everyone and everything. There, there, there is nothing that can stop him, uh, you know, from doing anything. So all creation is subject to him. You know, uh, you know when when Jesus says uh, that uh, that that uh, the exact wording is is. Um, it's a it's a psalm that Jesus just quoted, and it was uh, that that God is going to put everything under Jesus' feet, make everything you know put under His foot. Um, so it, the earth is footstool. There we go. I'm trying to trying to spit that out, and it didn't want to come to my mind. At, ver at verse 27, though, when all these things, the earth shaken, all these things that are are going to happen, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. There's no mistaking Jesus' second coming. So we don't have to worry if it's somebody that's doing signs and wonders that they're uh, because we remember when when um, Moses is in front of Pharaoh and you know they're throwing down their staffs and and um, God uh, uh, God gives um, more power over the the, the demonic uh, uh, sorcerers of. Uh, Egypt, where you know, okay, we can turn this into a snake, but we can do that too. And then, and then uh, Moses' snake would would go and eat their snakes up. There, there are some weird signs that are going to happen, and there's going to be deception from uh, on the uh, on the uh, on behalf of uh, the the Antichrist that is going to lead people away and get a following to him, uh, where they everybody's going to think he's the perfect guy. And he's the greatest, uh, um, a political leader. Everything, you know. This is the guy who is like unto the beast, right? Who, you know, who can do all these things in scripture? You know, as you're getting into those things, I don't, I don't know, I can't remember exactly where that scripture is, but who, who is like this? And they're all deceptions. 
There, he, that's not Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming. It's undeniable. Coming. It, it says right here. Um, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. You know, verse uh, verse eight. It says here, "Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in His name." But we know when Jesus comes back the second time, when when you know at, at the end of that seven year period of the tribulation, when He comes back, there's there's no denying who He is. Because then he's coming, and he's coming to set up his kingdom, his millennial kingdom, for and rule and reign for a thousand years, and put everything into order. So there's no question. Verse 28, so now it shifts back. So he's he explained all these things. Verse 28 says, now when these things begin to happen, when these things begin to happen, look up, uh, look up lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Now speaking to the church again. So talk to the church. Hey, these are the things to look out for. These are the things that are going to happen to Israel. And those things, uh, all those things covered from uh, from verses 10 uh, through uh, 27. And then uh, Jesus is coming back. You can say, when you see these things going, look up. Your redemption is near. When you see all these things that they're approaching, when these things are coming, that's when you can you can look up. Verse 29, then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are uh, already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till these things uh, take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will uh, by no means pass away. So the things that Jesus is speaking here, the signs, the kingdom that are coming, uh, uh, sorry, the, the, uh, the signs that the kingdom of God is coming, uh, remember that he gave the warning in verse 8 not to be deceived. He gave us uh, the everything here. So when he goes and he uses this parable and he says, you can look at a fig tree and understand the times. Listen to my words and you'll be able to understand these times. And there, there's no questioning his word. What he's saying here is these things are going to happen. Beware, be ready. Um, it's important to understand. And he said, if you can look at the fig tree and understand, you need to listen to his words and understand. Verse 34, but take heed to yourselves. So as we're, we're looking through these things, it's important that we can look at these things and understand that we need to take heed to ourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness with the cares of this life, that the that the day would come upon you and unexpectedly. Very important scripture to look at. Uh, you know, there's, there's still to be, um, uh, this is still addressed to those uh, in the tribulation and everything, but but for us as Christians to look at, uh, to understand, uh, it's always great to uh, to be reminded of the the sober mindedness, the the focus of our faith. Our faith needs to be focused and dry and walking forward in in with, with Him. So otherwise, when we our, our sights are off and we get to a point where our sights aren't right, and then our life starts going off course just a little bit. Remember, Will is, has described the. You know, if, if you want to drift, all you have to do is just untie from the dock. Will, Will said that, I don't know, 15 years ago, 19, I, we've been here 19 years. I can't remember what, you know, so some things stick with you. And that's one of the most powerful things that Will has ever shared is if you want to drift, you don't have to like try to drift. You just untie from the dock. And when untie from the dock, I just watched, um, 
uh, down in casting. If you've never watched the ship come in, it's really cool. Or, or, or in Bucksport when they're bringing in, I mean, it's it's a concentrated effort. They have a grounds team and everything, and they've got ropes that they're feeding through here, and you got people throwing the ropes, and they're pulling in, they're anchoring, it's the, uh, you know, anchoring that ship. They're tying that ship off. It's important that the ship doesn't drift away and everything. When it does, bad things happen, right? The same thing with our faith. You know, you've got to have the, our faith grounded. And our faith needs to be grounded. It has to be there because when, when it drifts away, when, when things start happening, uh, a Christian can do stupid stuff like this. Corral, it says carousing. That means partying loudly. The yelling. I mean, if anybody's partied, you know, that was, that was me. You know, what, what party is usually quiet? Right, you know what I mean. It's usually all those things. That's carousing and drunkenness, just being stupid. Those those things can happen. And the cares of this life—that's the scary one. The cares of this life—that's the the one where we may be on guard against these these things that seem sinful. But the cares of this life, we might just say, you know what? I got too much going on. I can't go to church. You know what? I might make it to church on a Sunday morning. I'm not a midweek study. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll do my Bible reading. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm in the Word uh, on a Sunday morning. That that's good, right? I got my stamp and everything. That's that, those are signs of an immature Christian. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in the Word daily by ourselves, eating right. If we're only eating one day a week and one meal a week, how strong are we going? We're going to be emaciated. Spiritually, we need to be strong. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in fellowship. All these things are so important for <clears throat> for us. But the cares of this life can come up. You know, if you if you remember the parable of the sower, the cares of this life came up, and you know, it, it just just um, it choked everything out. The cares of this life we got to be worried about. The day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come to, as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore. Pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Look at verse 36. There is some awesome stuff to look at here. Be watchful. Pray always. We want to escape. Uh, you know, anybody wants to escape the wrath. Nobody. I, I, I don't know of anybody that can look at Revelation 6 or 19 and be like, yeah, I can't wait to be there. I, can't, I, I want to be there uh, to watch the wrath of God be poured out. Nope. I want to be in right standing with God, walking with him, raptured out of here, and then come back with him later. That's that's where I want to be. Watch, pray always, escape, stand. Verse 37, and in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed on the, on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning all the people came to him in the, uh, in the temple to hear him. So it's a daily routine. It's the end of his life. This is the last week of Jesus' life. And he's spending every day as, he, as things are building up to his betrayal and, and uh, him being um, uh, uh, turned over to the authorities, everything. He's spending his last days continuing to minister to the lost to the very last moment. And what I love here, it says, then early in the morning, all the people came to hear. The crowds are coming early in the morning. Uh, there's uh, there's a song. It's not Jeremy Camp's song, but he, he did it. Um, in the morning when I rise, uh, give, the song's called Give Me Jesus. If you don't have that song on your phone, go buy it tonight. It's like an awesome $1.29 or 99 cents through whatever you, wherever you get your, your music. In the morning when I rise, uh, give me Jesus. 
uh, is one of the verses. It's a very simple song, but you know, um, when I come to die, give me Jesus. It's it's an amazing song. I don't know who wrote it when they wrote it, but I love that he did that. And uh, you know, these guys here early in the morning, all the people came out to hear him in the temple to hear him, and the Lord was faithful to minister to him. He'd go back, rest, sleep at night. Early in the morning, he's there. You know, go to the Lord in the morning. You know, if you're weird and <laughs> like me and you have weird schedule, then whenever your morning is, you know, go to the Lord. My morning's in like the middle of the day. You know, so I'll wake up, uh, stumble out to the, the kitchen and sit down and I'm eating, you know, uh, Jen and I are on this this uh, chia pudding thing that, that I love to sit down and get my water, get my little um, kind bar thing. And I sit down, open the scripture up and just be just be reading. Just sit at the kitchen table and you know, and that my mornings in the afternoon, whatever it is, just come to Jesus and, and be willing to hear him. Uh, that's where our faith is going to be strong. In our in our uh, we're we're going to understand the scripture. We're going to understand uh, you know who he is. And you know, when we see a sign in those things, uh, when we see things happening and understanding the times um, you know, end time prophecy isn't impossible for us to understand. We need to just be in the scriptures to be able to understand them. The, the, the warnings that, that Jesus uh, gives in verse eight and in, uh, verse 34 of taking uh, verse 34 says, take heed to yourselves, right? When you look at, at, at verse, uh, verse eight, it says, take heed that no one, uh, be that you not be deceived, you know, you know, guard your minds. We have to guard our minds. Uh, but take heed to yourselves, you know, be sober minded, be focused on those things. The Christian, just like, uh, just like Israel in the, in, in the tribulation, when those things are, are going crazy and, uh, you know, a new test, uh, a, a, um, um, a, a, a tribulation, a new believer in the tribulation, uh, can learn and, 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 and go to Jesus for us. Uh, that we don't have to go through those things, but we can still be blessed by by these things. Understanding that our hearts want to defect, they want to go, they want to just relax and get to a point of uh, you know, the cares of this life being coming becoming more important than our walk with the Lord and, and with our faith. So, as um, so we have, uh, we'll pick up in verse twenty two next time. Let's pray, Father. We. Thank you for your word that you open our eyes, uh, Lord, that we have it, that we can study and, and know. Lord, help us to, 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 to always be watchful and to pray always and, uh, and to stand ready and, and um, be serious about our faith and sharing our faith and, and to share these things and, and to be able to um, accurately portray them and, 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 and relay them to people uh, that, that you've asked us to, to minister to. Lord, let it be never be said of us that, that we've gone the way of carousing and, and drunkenness and the cares of this life. We don't want anything coming upon us unexpectedly or the snares, Lord. We want to be watching. We want to be waiting and grounded in our faith, focused on you and, and walking strong with you until, until you call your church home with you. We praise you. We thank you. Pray that you protect us and be with us as we leave this place tonight. Now bless our fellowship, and, and uh, we pray that you bring us back together again uh, safely next time. In Jesus' name, amen.